Don't worry, everybody. The new episode is coming right up. But first, I want to remind you there are three quick ways that you can support the Fat Guy Forum and help the show keep going. First, make sure that you have rated and reviewed the show on whatever pod service you're using, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing that. Two, you can join the Patreon for a few dollars a month. You get access to the after show. You help keep things going because this show does have costs. And you're able to be a part of the Fat Guy Forum community that I would love to see grow, get your input on what you want to see going on with the show, and more. And the third and final way, if you can't join the Patreon, but you're buying products for yourself that I'm an affiliate for, like Redmond Real Salt and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, there are links and codes in the show notes where you will save money when you use them, and I get a little bit to help things going here. So, please... Pick at least one of those ways to support the show if you enjoy listening to it on a regular basis, and know that I appreciate whatever you choose to do. And now let's get on with the episode. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. I am so happy to be back recording. If you hadn't caught on, uh, if you're in the Patreon, you know this, but if you hadn't caught on, like the last six or seven episodes were all recorded like the, at the same time. And, you know, so I had a couple of weeks where I was traveling and moving, and this is the very first episode I'm recording in our new home. So hopefully the acoustics are, are well, I, I won't know until I'm editing, so we'll see what happens. But I'm just excited to be back here with you and sharing yet another awesome story with me today. I have someone that I connected with on Instagram. I saw him posting and decided to reach out and see if he was interested in talking. And he luckily said yes. His name is Scott Odell. Scott, how are you doing today? Oh, fantastic. Thanks for having me. Well, I am glad to have you here, man. He, Scott and I were rambling a little bit before we started recording, and we're like, we probably should talk about all of this on, on air. So I'm going to cut the rambling to a minimum now, man, and get right to it. Tell us, Scott, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, I have been, uh, was overweight, and I guess I probably still am to some degree. But was overweight starting uh, when puberty hit for me, really. Um, I was a skinny kid, at least. Uh, I don't have any real memories of being a skinny kid, but I guess I was before I, I hit puberty at 12 or 13. But uh, after that point, I was always the big guy. Uh, played football in high school, and uh, I was a big but athletic guy. Uh, not very tall, mind you, but uh, played football my junior year at about 240, my senior year at about 260, and I'm... I would love to say I'm 5'10", but I'm not quite 5'10". I'm actually 5'9 mm. and a half. So I was already, you know, on the bigger side, but it worked. I was an offensive lineman in football. And I liked that just fine. Um, but as I got into adulthood, um, in college, I was probably 275. By the time I got married, I was around 300. And by the time my daughter was born five years later, I tipped the scales at 403. So spent most of my adult life uh, fighting the battle of trying to uh, get my health under control. And what do you what do you attribute to the weight gain? Like knowing that it wasn't like, you know, I, I talked to a lot of guys in the show who were like, you know, I was big coming out of the womb. Like knowing that you you didn't start to put weight until after puberty and then kind of were in the athletic side of things, being the big guy like. Was it just a comfort thing? Was it about a relationship with food? Like, what do you, where do you really, where does, where does your head go when you think about like what, 
brought you from being like even in the 200s to over 400 pounds? Yeah, well, I for sure, you know, puberty had uh, had its role. Obviously, I, I went from being skinny to being kind of chunky, but there was definitely the emotional part of eating. And both my parents, they're awesome people. Uh, they were both dieters, still dieters. My dad to this day still gaining and losing the same 20 pounds. Um, but, uh, you know, when I gained the weight, I think that out of a desire to help me, um, when, and again, I wasn't a, a big kid, but I think they were just like, wow, he went from being really skinny to being a little chubby. And they were in, in an attempt to be helpful to me. They kind of got me into some, you know, diet mentality type things. I, at a pretty early age, started kind of hiding my food. I would snack in my room, you know, take cheese crackers to my room and hide them and that sort of thing. And, and that was just kind of a mentality that I had. And I, I know for sure that I use food for comfort and I still do. I still struggle with that to this day, but, uh, definitely an emotional eater. And so, uh, being away from home at college was a great time for me, but also kind of a stressful time. Getting married was fantastic, but, uh, you know, everybody says you put on the marriage 10. Well, I put on the marriage 50 to 75. And um, then when we had kids, I was just a sympathetic husband. You know, I wanted to, well, my wife gained all the pregnancy weight. I wanted her to feel, you know, good. And so I, no, not, not really. But it was your gift to her, really, if you think about my, it. My gift to her, that's right. Now, unfortunately, what happened was I put the weight on. Then she had the baby, nursed the baby, and lost all the weight. And I just gain some more weight and that happened with our son and then even more so with our daughter which is where i like i said was tipping the scales at over 400 pounds so and so yeah. what happened when like do you remember what when you saw 400 on the scale like what you thought Were you <clears> i do remember like, that actually oh, go, ahead. go ahead yeah well it's, it's one of those things and i'm sure that that your listeners can can relate to this to some degree you're like you're like oh yeah you know i'm 350 maybe Hadn't been on a scale in quite some time. And, you know, things for me were, it was getting hard to buy clothes. And I decided I wanted to do something about my weight. And this was about 12 years ago. This was the first time I lost weight. I've done it twice. Or I'm in the process, I should say, of doing it twice. But so I'm like, well, I got to get a starting point. So I went to the doctor and got on the scale. And I was like, 403.6. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, uh, I, I, again, I just hadn't been on the scale in a while. I, I knew I was over 350 because that was the last number I had seen, but did not know that I was pushing, you know, that I was over 400 pounds. And again, I'm not very tall. So it's not like I'm six foot five. I'm, you know, five, nine and a half. So you, you, you don't, you don't, as they say, carry it well. <laughs> I don't. Well, you know, I and it's funny because everybody carries their weight differently, right, and I'm sure right. that every person wishes that they carried it in a different place. I carry it all in my midsection, and so like from the waist down, I almost look normal. Um, but uh, but yeah, I carry it all in my in my belly, like a lot of men do. Uh, you know, from your your chest to your waist, and uh, well, that's the thing. Most gotten, of the t most of the tall ahead. guys that come on the show always say, you know. I was big, but I carried it well. And I'm like, well, you were six nine. Okay, I'll give that to you. Like those of us in the five ten and under category don't don't have that luxury when you're north of. Yes, I was not tall, so I did not carry it well at all. I was in shape, round was a shape, and I was definitely very much that. So, so what did you do at that point? So yeah, at that point, this was like 
Well, I say it was actually 13 years ago now. Man, the time goes too fast. Um, I decided that I wanted to get a hold of my, you know, my weight. And so I actually moved, had a big move across the country, moved from Utah back to Nebraska, which is where my parents live. And uh, they kind of helped us out, get back on our feet. We kind of had some financial things going on, too. But at that time, I, with some help, um, some financial help, hired a personal trainer. And I, this personal trainer was also involved in some health products. I don't know if you are okay or not okay saying different diets, but uh, oh, no, definitely. it was, definitely. she was in, she was into Advocare. And so that was, you know, I, I, I used their shakes and their energy drink. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Uh, Spark, I think maybe anyway. Um, but mostly it was, you know, personal training and then I would do shakes and, Tried to eat healthier, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, the one thing I will say, you know, it was, I had that experience, obviously. I, I lost a bunch of weight, and then I gained it all back, and then some, which is, you know, the story of a lot of our lives. But uh, I did learn how to exercise with a personal trainer. I learned how to, like, a, you know, plan a weight routine and, and how to go through a gym and do a circuit training, how to lift weights properly, Um even learn some things about cardio. So like, I'm thankful for that experience, even though I didn't really have a, a plan for maintenance, I, I guess would be the best way to describe why I think that really didn't succeed for me was that I had a plan to lose weight. It was all about the number. I exercised my butt off. I was like exercising three times a day before work in the middle of the day and after work. And I lost a bunch of weight. I went from 403 to 258. But then I just didn't know what to do, how to maintain that. And, you know, as the good habits that I had developed slowly faded away, I didn't really have a plan. And over the next 10 years, I slowly gained it back and I watched 400 come and go and made my way all the way up to 475.6 pounds. So what as you know, and it I have my experiences losing significant amount of weight and putting it back on and doing it again and so on and so forth. Like what was it like? You know, you, you could you could say now, you know, you understand that you didn't have a maintenance plan and didn't really kind of know kind of the direction to go. What were you experiencing at, you know, as the weight was coming back on? Was it defeat? Was it you know, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Like, what was that experience like for you to go through that? No, it was, well, it, it was interesting because first of all, I, I never gave myself credit for the weight that I lost the first time because I was a failure because I never got to my goal. So my goal was to get to 199, which by the way, from a weight loss perspective is my goal again. I'd love to see a one in front of my weight and then go from there. But uh, I got to 258, which was, was awesome. I lost 140 pounds. But I was not, I wasn't, I wasn't proud of that at all because I hadn't gotten to the number that I wanted to get to. And, you know, some things happened in life. And, and as the habit started to fade away, you know, I went from 250 all of a sudden. Now I'm at 275 and I stayed there for a little while. And, you know, next thing you know, the next time I jumped on the scale, I had crept back over 300. And I kind of maintained in the three to 325 for a while. And when I say a while, you know, six months, a year, maybe. Um, you know, next thing you know, I'm, I'm kind of dieting again, but I'm, but I'm starting at 3:30 now and maybe I get down to 3:15, 15 
And then next thing you know, I'm up to 350. And uh, then I'm not getting on the scale so much anymore again. And it, it was really difficult because uh, having lost the weight once and having given away all my clothes, all of my 4X clothes and all of my, you know, size 56 jeans and having to like go back and buy those again. Um, I thought that I had said goodbye to the big and tall store forever and have, getting to the point where I, you know, I, it, it's hard to even say exactly when that happened. There just got to be a point where I was, you know, sitting at home stretching out my two and three X shirts that just didn't fit anymore um, to try to make them look somewhat decent and realizing that I have to shop at uh, one of the big and tall stores again, that I cannot buy something from a, a regular department store or Walmart or Target or whatever. That was a tough a really tough thing and, and contributed to my continued decline, you know, or, or incline, I guess, from a weight perspective, um, going and ballooning back up over 400 pounds was how depressing it was to, to just head back that direction. It, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. And, and I couldn't, I just kept, I kept trying to like hack it. Like so many of us do, like, you know, what's the, what's the next fad diet? What's the next, um, Never really tried diet like medication, but outside of that, I tried pretty much every program you could think of and just couldn't ever get any traction really, you know, but it was a bummer. Yeah. (laughs) No. And I mean, like I, like I said, I understand like it's even when not giving yourself the credit for it, still seeing it's because I think people on the outside of this experience, listen, and they're like, you know, you get down to 258. Why didn't you panic at 300? Why didn't you panic at 350? Why didn't, you know, why didn't you, why didn't you, you know, those, I think that's the question that a lot of people have. And it's realizing that when you're in the lived experience, it's completely different, you know, and it's that bargaining yeah, with and, yourself. And it's I, that, and I, I'm going to do I it. I'm going to find the right, right. No, go ahead. I mean, no, I, I, and I did panic to some degree, but I just couldn't ever stem the tide. You know, it was like once, once the, once the good habits started to go away. And I mean, that's a big part of my, how I think I'm successful now is I'm all about processes and systems that are in place to help me be successful. But once those started to go away, it was like the last habit that that went away that I think I was holding at you know, three fifty ish was exercise. I mean, I mean, I wasn't doing great exercise anymore, but I could still go do 30 minutes on the elliptical machine. And finally, there was a time, just a busy work time or whatever. And all of a sudden, I was like, wow, I'm not even going to the gym anymore. And it's like, that was it. Every single good habit that I had was gone. And I was like, I guess this is just who I am now. A guy who can't get around. And, you know, I, I saw a motorized scooter in my future. No, understood. What was life like when you when you re, you know when you were up at four seventy five? Yeah, um, life at four seventy five was tough. I I just didn't want to go anywhere and didn't want to do anything. I mean, everything from like going you, I could go into a restaurant. I, I couldn't fit in a booth. Um, you know, needed a seatbelt extender to go on an airplane. Uh, obviously, had to shop at big and tall stores. Um, I could barely go to my kids. I have two teenagers. Uh, I could barely go to their stuff. Like I could barely go from the parking lot at the high school into the 
you know, performing arts center to see my son perform in choir. Um, I couldn't go with my wife to the store. I couldn't go to Walmart because I couldn't walk around Walmart. And I was too proud to actually get the motorized scooter. Um, but really what, what the breaking point was for me was just over two years ago, uh, went on a vacation with my wife's family and we went to Destin, Florida and we had a house, like a beach house that was literally less than two blocks from the beach. And I could barely get from the beach house, the two blocks to the beach. And I couldn't sit down on the beach because I couldn't get up. And I was, too, I was too proud to ask anybody to help me. So I would, I would walk down to the beach and I would get in the ocean because I could get in the ocean. But like when I was done, I just had to go back to the house because I couldn't sit on the beach. And like that realization for me was like, I can't even enjoy my downtime anymore. And that was when I'm like, this is, I, I got to try something again. And uh, thankfully I found something that's worked for me. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Cause you talked about, you know, trying everything and looking for that, that next hot fat or that next, the, ma- the next magic pill that was going to come along, you know, what approach did you take this time and what brought, yeah, you, and uh, what brought ha- you to it? Sure. Um, so I, you know, I, I told you that, that about that vacation, which was in July of 2021. Well, back in March of 2021, um, actually in January, it was one of those new year's resolution things in 2021. I had decided that I wanted to try to get active again. And, you know, if you can think of how active a person at 475 pounds could be, it wasn't particularly active, but I started posting every day on Facebook, my attempts to exercise. And about March, uh, of, uh, I wouldn't even say a really good friend of mine, but an acquaintance of mine, uh, private messaged me through Facebook messenger and said, Hey man, I see you're posted on Facebook and you know, you're trying to get healthy. I've got something that really works for me and I'd love to tell you about it. And I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. Great. Thanks. I don't care. And just kind of blew it off. And in July, when I had that moment, that, you know, that moment at the beach going like, this is just ridiculous. I'll try anything. I was like, Hey, there was that guy a couple of months ago that, that told me that he had something that worked for him. Yeah. I've tried everything else. So let's go ahead and give this a shot. And, uh, it turns out he is a carnivore. Um, he eats, and he's a really strict one too. He eats basically beef and salt. Um, and that works for him. And he was my introduction to the keto carnivore lifestyle. And I went straight from the, what, you know, what you'd call the standard American diet, eating whole pizzas and like half gallons of ice cream to just eating beef overnight. And, uh, by the way, I don't necessarily recommend that. It was quite the shock to my system, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it was, uh, it, it's funny now that I've kind of gotten, this is kind of my lifestyle. And so I, I, I've read a lot on the, the keto carnivore way of life. I, I, I would have done things differently when I started. Um, and I certainly recommend it to other people, but I jumped in with both feet and, uh, it was a big shock to my system, but I'll tell you the one thing that was crazy good for me was that I felt better almost right away. Um, and, and that told me that like, there was more to this lifestyle than just losing pounds. Like losing pounds is important. Don't get me wrong. Having way too much weight on your joints, on your, you know, that's, that's not good for you and it hurts. But my, I had lower back pain that I had just accepted as like part of my life. 
And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm 42 years old. I'm not that old, but I just accepted that like back pain was just, it was just part of my day. And within a few weeks of starting this way of eating, this nutrition, I didn't have the back pain anymore. Um, and I was still, you know, I, I probably lost, you know, water, water weight wise, the guy at 475, I probably lost 10 to 15 pounds of water weight in those first couple of weeks, but I was still 450, 460 pounds and my back didn't hurt. And because my back didn't hurt, I could actually start to walk a little bit. And, you know, I started by walking around the block and, you know, next thing you know, I've lost a little more weight so I can walk a little further. But it was really the, the nutrition. And, and I mean, I think a lot of people would probably tell you that, but it's, you can't outrun your fork, you know? And, and so finding a healthy way to, um, to eat is probably one of the most important things that I feel like I've done. Um, set myself up for, for long-term success. I feel like what I'm doing now is a lifestyle and not a diet. And that's been a big, big difference, a big change for me. And that, that's awesome to hear, man. And obviously, like you said, you shocked your system to kind of jumpstarted into it all. How did, cause you're not, you're not still doing the lion diet today, you know, beef and salt. I am, I am not. I, I did that for, I'm going to say probably about a, a month, three weeks to a month. And he, you know, this guy just got me onto a few message boards and a few YouTube videos about the carnivore diet. And from that, those videos, I kind of branched out and learned about the keto diet, which I, I'm definitely meat heavy keto. Um, I, I still have my roots in carnivore, but I, I learned about, um, being able to incorporate low carb vegetables along with my meat. And I really like variety in my diet. I, and, and that was actually really appealing to my wife as well. Um, she had been along for the ride on many different diets over the years with me and was always very supportive, but it was kind of hard for her too to see a way that she's like, how are we going to do, you know, some of the different crazy things that I did over the years? How are we going to do this long term? And when I talked to her about carnivore, you know, she kind of just kind of almost rolled her eyes. She's like, you know, whatever, that's great for you, dear. I will help you with it, of course. But when I'd mentioned keto to her and talked about how like it would kind of open the world up again, so to speak, there's a lot of different recipes and things you can do. She's like, I think I could get on board with this. Um, and as a matter of fact, three months after I started with the way that I eat now, um, she joined in and uh, she's never had a weight problem. But, uh, you know, she had 20, 30 pounds she wanted to lose, and she managed to lose that over a few months, and she's kind of kept it off um, for the most part. And she's not nearly as strict as I am, but, uh, you know, that, that has been a good landing place for both of us because it's something that I feel like I could do for the rest of my life. Where, whereas I, I know there are people who live the lion diet for, you know, have done it for years and years, but for me, it was just not, uh, there weren't enough options as far as meals and keto gave me those options. So no, understood. And, and it's funny cause I'm sure you know this having been in the carnivore and the keto space. If you say there weren't enough options on carnivore, someone's going to start listing 75 different proteins, you know, and you, oh, sure, you, you could yes. have ostrich breast and you could have duck legs and you could have, you know, there's 18 <laughs> cuts of beef, And it's like, yes. But at the end of the day, it's all meat. Like it's you know, I've had my experience, yeah, you know, 
keto's my home base. Right. I've had my experiences yes. with I I wanted carnivore to change my life, you know, at one point I was like I I hear all the magic. I see, you know, everyone tells me it's like lightning in a bottle and it's going to change everything and I literally was like that was possibly you know the most not I won't say it was the most miserable month of of my weight loss ever but I'm a variety per- like I'm the kind of guy who I get it in my I get a bee in my bonnet that I'm going which that's a weird turn of phrase for me to use but showing how old I am <laughs> but I'll I'll get into like this place of I'm going to meal prep and I'm going to make this thing that has 10 servings so I'm going to eat it every day for the next week and 3 days in I'm like I never want to see that again in my life like I need to know that I can have a little bit of variety I can introduce different you know different vegetables I can vary things a little bit and so that's you know for me why I'm like I don't feel magic on carnivore I'm like the the small amount of carbs I eat allows me to have the variety which gives me a greater sense of sustainability you know so I yeah I no, it, what you're it, exactly mm-hmm. yeah for sure and you know I, and I think if carnivore works for you, I'm certainly not telling anybody that you're wrong because I think that, I think it's fantastic. But at the end of the day, and I will not take credit for this phrase, there's a guy in the keto space. His name is Joe Stoffer, and he says, you know, the, the best the best way that you can eat is the is what's sustainable for you. You know, the the the, the correct diet, the correct lifestyle for you is the one that you can you can eat sustainably. And I couldn't do carnivore sustainably, and I can do keto sustainably. So keto works for me. No, and that's what it's about, really, at the end of the day. And that's what almost every episode of this show is about, telling the story of a person who found the right way for them so that other people can see that it's possible to find the right way for yourself. And it doesn't always have to be about doing the exact same thing that a person who comes on the show does. You know, I've had hardcore carnivores on. I've had I've had a vegan on before. You know, I had a vegan bodybuilder on. Like, there's different levels to all of this, and it's finding what's going to work best for you. And so I, I like that in your head as you were going through this, even just those first few months that you weren't just thinking about what do I need right now, but what can I keep doing? Because really that's a big part of all of this, that sustainability, that, that allowing yourself to find the thing that you can be consistent at is really important. Yeah. And I feel like that was what was, that's what feels different for me this time. Like this is the, I feel like I'm going to be some form of keto for the rest of my life. And so as I started down this path, I started just like anybody does at 475 pounds. I wanted to lose some weight, right? Like that was, that was where it started, but it didn't take me very long to go. This is something I could do. And as I got more and more into it, I'm like, this is something that is, uh, I'm not going to say easy, but it's pretty simple. And I could hack some of the things that I liked to eat that I used to eat. Uh, I found a pizza recipe that I liked and I found some, you know, sweet treats that I could have on occasion that, that didn't, um, that didn't, uh, trigger my food addiction. Cause I'm a food addict. I mean, I, I can put down the food, uh, a lot of food in a short amount of time. And, but I was able to find things like little hacks for lack of a better term that made it so that as I looked at things, I never thought to myself, okay, I'm going to do this keto thing until I see that number that I want to see on the scale. And then I'm going to go back to eating the way that I used to No, I, I, like, I never have really thought that way. And it's very freeing for me because I feel like I'm going to stick with it. And I feel like I'm going to, 
it's just it's, it's my lifestyle. It's not a diet, if that makes sense. No, it makes complete sense. And this lifestyle that you're living is bringing you results. You know, it's moving you forward. Absolutely. Because now it's yeah, 2023 I, and you're not 475 at 0.6 anymore. I am not. I'm down 175 pounds last time I checked. I am at 300.4. Um, I used to weigh myself every week. I've kind of taken a couple of months where I wanted to kind of focus on my processes again. So I haven't weighed myself for August. Um, really looking forward to being under 300 pounds again. That was a, a big milestone for me. And it was really irritating to have given a little bit of weight back. That's another thing, by the way, I'm sure that you have that you've had other people talk about, but uh, is that it's not a straight line journey as much as we'd like for it to be. Um, it's messy sometimes. And I, I, during, I'm, I'm a tax accountant. And during the last tax season, I put back on about 25 pounds. And I did that in about a matter of about three months. And it was, it was really a combination of not being able to exercise like I wanted to. And uh, I'm still a stress eater. And, and so I, I definitely was eating more than, than I've gotten used to during those few months. But the, the nice thing was I never went away from what I know works for me and uh, was able to get right back on track. Now it's taken me the summer to take those 25 back off. But, um, you know, I, I, I think for anybody out there who thinks that they're going to have a straight line from wherever they started to where they finished, I mean, maybe some people do. Obviously a few people do. But I think for most of us, uh, your health journey is not a straight line from start to finish. And at the end of the day, it's almost like you don't want it to be because you need to learn things as you go through that journey. Like you Absolutely. need to find out you like one of the biggest things I think a lot, you know, I, I think back to when I first started keto and all anyone seemed to talk about at that point was you can eat as much food as you want and you're never going to put weight on as long as you're not eating carbs. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, that that's just that ends up not being true. You know, it ends up you end up realizing that well, wow, like uh, it's it's possible to put weight on if you're carnivore. It's possible to put weight on if you're keto. Like the mechanisms have an impact, but at the end of the day, you know, it's learning those lessons. You know, I don't know why I like to always go to that example because you know, if people back back in I think it was 2019 when I was putting weight on eating strict keto and people were telling me that it wasn't possible. And I'm like, well, I'm tracking my carbs and I'm eating fat and protein and I'm putting weight on. And they're like, well, you must be eating carbs you don't know about. And it's like, well, no, I'm, I'm probably just eating too much. You know, my food addiction is stronger than the satiety effect that I got from keto and, you know, ended up leading me in a different direction in terms of how I approach keto. Like, but it's realizing that as you have those twists and turns on your journey they become important because you learn from them and you learn, like you were saying that stress eating is still a real thing that no matter what you change nutritionally about your life, that still is going to have an impact. And it's going to be something then to say, okay, when tax season comes around, do I need to approach this differently? You know, like whatever. And I'm not, not saying that is something for you to do, but I'm more saying like having that willingness to learn those lessons and decide what works best for yourself and where that path and being okay with it. Like, not seeing, not seeing that 25 pounds as the end, you know, not throwing your hands up and saying this didn't work. So I should, I'll, I'll stop caring again, or I'm not going to worry, you know, I'm going to, I'll give up or any of those things like realizing that 
we can go through bumps in the road. We can go through peaks and valleys and still come through ahead of the game in the end, you know, because we take those mindful steps. We build that sustainable lifestyle. And it's not just about, like you said, it's not just about using keto till you get to a certain point and then saying, I'm going to step off. And, and people say that to me all the time. You know, I have people reach out and say, you know, I'd like to work with you as a coach. I want to lose this amount of weight. And then I just want to go back to eating how I was before. But this time I'll control my, I'll control my portions. And I'm like, well, if you, oh, magically, you? <laughs> you magically figure out how to do that, you tell me because we could make a lot of money selling that. Like, a- Amen, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and I think you hit on a couple. Okay, okay. I think you hit on a couple important things there. One is that you're absolutely right. We, we learn the most when we fail. And, you know, we, we, we learn and fail isn't the right term because I don't feel like I failed. I'm on a journey. I can't fail on my journey. But uh, we learn the most when we have a setback. And the other thing I think that you hit on that you kind of talk a little bit about there is that no matter what uh, lifestyle, you know, nutritional lifestyle you've chosen, your healthy eating plan, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's not a religion. And I think some people treat it like it is. Like, like people were saying to you, like you were, eating, you were eating keto and you were being strict on keto and you were gaining weight. And they're like, well, if you just did it right, you wouldn't have the problem. And I, and I think that I think that we, no matter what uh, place we're coming from, uh, we can get so into the dogma of what we're doing that, that we forget that, first of all, it's just a way to fuel our bodies. And it's not magic. And it, it, it's really easy to turn it into a, and maybe religion isn't even the right way to describe it, but it's a way to turn it into something that more than what it is. And... Um, People can be pretty grouchy with you when you're not exactly doing what they think you should be doing or how they define keto or how they define carnivore or how they define, you know, whatever it might be, vegan or whole food or paleo or whatever you've chosen that works for you. Um, I think that's one thing people can get easily bogged down in is the dogma of their particular way of eating. And it's something to be be careful with, you know? Well, it's... We lose sight of the of the individual nature of of health and weight loss because it's like we so badly want this one thing to fix everything that we we put everything into it and then get upset when it gets challenged or someone else isn't doing it and doesn't agree with it or whatever. You know, it's like you've invested so much because you need you you desperately need it to work for you. And it is often, but like you said, like it just it's not, I think the best way I heard someone phrase it once is that like keto, keto can be a lifestyle, but it's not an identity. Like it's not who you are. It's a, it's something that you're, you, and I think sometimes when people kind of hyper identify with it, it's comes from a good place. You know, they, it's almost like, you know, evangelical, like this saved my life and I want everyone to know how this saved my life. And, you know, and that's why a lot of us talk about it on social media and all of those things. But when you cross well, that and, line, and between, I wouldn't have my own. No, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I wouldn't have a, I have a little YouTube channel. And the reason I have one is because it has saved my life and it is that big of a deal to me. Um, and, and yes, I agree with you. I think people come from that, come to that from a good place. I just think that sometimes what happens is, that can lead to people being exclusionary if somebody doesn't look at the lifestyle exactly the same way that they do. And I just think it's a dangerous path that we can sometimes go down. 
Um, the other thing is, is like you, like you had mentioned, we can sometimes get so hyper focused on one part of things. Um, like I don't know if you, if how long you've been in the keto space, but you know, for a long time, people were saying, you know, you never have to exercise on keto, and you could just lose the weight. And there's some truth to that, but like at some point, you you might want to exercise because what's the point of losing the weight if you can't live your life and be active? And so, you know, I, I got to a certain point in my journey and it was like, I was like, you know, like e eating right, of course, is a huge part. And like I mentioned earlier, you cannot run your fork, but I'm like, I'd like to have my body be able to physically do some of the things I used to be able to do and be able to go and hang out with my kids and be able to go hiking and be able to play sports again. And the only way to really do that is to train your body to do it, to start, you know, walking and lifting weights and and I, and I do a yoga program and those kind of things have been very helpful to me. But again, for a while it was like, you know, that was the, that was the, one of the enticing things about keto was, you know, do this diet and don't exercise and you'll still lose weight. Well, it's, there's a difference between weight loss and reclaiming your health. There's a Absolutely. difference, you know, like you can lose weight but you may not end up in a place where you want to be physically in the end. Like, yes. And the great, one of the great things about keto is that it's muscle sparing to an extent for, for some individuals. So yes, if you're not exercising, <coughs> excuse me, you're not, you're not going to see this. You might not see the same effect if you were doing a different style of weight loss or whatever, you know, now people are going to want to debate that with me, but it's the idea that, <laughs> you know, cause I also just think from my experience, you know, my own personal experience, but also from working with people that you can lose weight just by changing what you're eating. But if you want to keep that weight off and you want to actually affect your health overall, you need to move your body. You know, it becomes, it becomes an essential part of that. Like I think exercise matters so much more in maintenance than it does necessarily in weight loss. But you start it during weight loss because you need to have it in plate. You need to build habits. You need to build consistency. You need to build a lifestyle. Like, I, I, well, I, I absolutely. Yeah, I think it just, but you're right. Like, I think there's different things that attract people, you know, and like you said, when people feel challenged or someone's not, you know, agreeing with like, they, th they think you're doing it wrong and now I'm getting tongue tied and sound like an idiot. It's easy for people to get defensive. But when you stay in that place of like, sharing the message that this is what worked for me and this is what helped me. And if you're dealing with similar challenges that I dealt with and you want to try it, try it. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, don't give up on yourself. Like understanding though that, but there's also, there, but the, that's why this podcast exists. There's power in sharing stories. There's power in people talking about their journeys. Like just the fact that it helps people see that it's possible to make change, whatever that path to change was. Because for some folks, they're they're in that place of feeling hopeless. You know, they were where you were, having gone from four hundred to two fifty eight and up to four seventy five, and in that place of could I? Is there anything I can even do? Like, how do I get away from this? Like, understanding that people have found paths that work for them, even if you don't take the same path, can sometimes be you know an empowering experience. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think another thing that is really important. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about it is finding, finding your why, like, why do you want to be healthy? I don't think anybody, if they really, um, take a look inside themselves really says that the only thing I really care about is that my relationship with Earth's gravity is less than it used to be. 
which is what our weight is, right? Like, it, what that number is is really only meaningful as, as a way to track your progress. At the end of the day, like, I want to be able to hike with my kids. I want to be able to walk from here to there without collapsing from exhaustion. I want to be able to, I want to be able to do things. And, you know, a byproduct of that is that my relationship with Earth's gravity is now going to be less. But, but nobody, nobody just says, I, I, you know, if I, if I was an it, you know, stuck in a bed and couldn't do anything, I, I'd love to weigh this perfect number. What you want is the, is the, is the stuff to be able to do the things. And, you know, again, your, your why might not be exactly the same as my why, but you have one and, and those out there who are wanting to, to make a change, you have a reason why you want to make the change. And it's really not when you step on the scale and see a different number, it's, it's something else. And, and finding that is one of the things I think that can really help people to get started. I know that it was really helpful for me. No, it's well, cause motivation fades. And if you don't have a strong yes. sense of your purpose of your why, then you're not going to be able to keep going. Like, you're going to need to find something that's bigger than, you know, happy, peppy, adrenaline motivation. Because some days we have that, some days we don't. Some days we wake up and don't feel like doing it, and we still do it anyway, because we understand that it's important. Like you said, like we, there are, it's not, and yes, I, you know, I, I think the scale matters at times. Like when you're 475 pounds, I was 540 pounds. Seeing that scale go from a five to a four to a three to a two mattered. Like, and that oh, was yeah. a me- and that was a measure of my. And that actually was a because people are always like, you know, the scale doesn't necessarily measure your health. It's all about it's about all these other things. It's like, no, there's a difference in my health from five forty to three hundred. Like, there's a there's a marked difference in my health. Like, I'm sorry. Like, but like you said, I I think often when we set goal weights, it's because we remember what it was like being at that weight and what we could do. And we want to be able to do those things. So it's like, you know, I want to be 250 again, because at 250, I could do X, Y, and Z. You know, I, this, these are the things I could do, or I've never seen that number. But when I was, my weight was lower, this is what I could do. Like, it's just not as cut and dry as people are obsessed with the scale or not obsessed with, enough with the scale or anything along those lines. Like, like, like you said, it's really about defining what your purpose is and then working towards it. And, you know, one of the things you said a while back that I'd love to hear you talk about, you know, is the importance of, of habits and routines in your process. Like, you know, as, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with the fact that you're an accountant, but what, or, you know, and so that's where your brain's drawn, but what does that look like for you in terms of continuing to work on your health, like your habits and your routines and those things that are really are the important non-negotiables for you? Well, sure. I I mean, I think you just hit on something really important, like motivation comes and goes, right? And, you know, um, I read the book uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear, and he talks talks about, you know, we always always talk about our goals, whether it be our, our, you know, the number on the scale or whatever our goals happen to be. You know, the guy who got last place in the 100-meter dash at the Olympics, his goal was to win. And the guy who got first place, his goal was also to win. So what was the difference between the two? Clearly, it wasn't the goal. It was the, you know, well, there's other things that come into play, of course, too. But, like, it was the processes and the things that the person who was able to be most successful, that the things that person does every single day. And so, for me, I have things that are not negotiable for me every day. Uh, you know, when I get up in the morning, I take my dogs for a walk. I have two dogs. 
Um, when I walk with my wife, I usually walk about two miles in the morning. When I'm, when I walk by myself, I usually walk three miles, mostly because my wife doesn't want to go three miles. Um, but I do that every day. Uh, I come home and I do, I have a yoga routine that I do and I do that every day. And some days I don't feel like I'm doing it, but that's like, again, it's a non-negotiable thing for me. And I have certain things as far as, you know, when I eat and when I don't eat. Um, you know, I, I would say that I'm kind of an intermittent faster, but not really intentionally. That's just kind of what I've landed on. I kind of have lunch and kind of have dinner, but you know, those are things that I do every day. Um, and having those systems in place, those things that I do every single day is what makes it on a day where I'm not feeling it. Today is actually a perfect example of one of those days. Um, I woke up at like four 30 in the morning, couldn't go back to sleep. And yet, you know, when the alarm went off, it was time to get up and go and walk the dogs because that's what I do every day. And you know, some of that is, but you, you hit the nail on the head there. It's that some of it's definitely because I'm an accountant and I'm a very, uh, detail oriented person, but that's one of those things that, you know, keeps me going from a health journey perspective on a day where I don't feel like it, it is that I have that habit in place. I have that that system in place that this is just what I do. This is who I am. This is what I do every day, you know? Oh, for sure. I think that makes a lot of sense, man. I think that makes a lot of total sense. What are the things that you're able to do now that excite you? Like that, that drive you to keep moving forward? Hmm. Well, there are so many things. You know, it's funny, as, as we were talking a little bit earlier, talking about the number on the scale, one of the things that's really interesting to me is that I am more physically active right now at about 300 pounds than I probably was even when I got down to 258, um, just because I feel better, um, which is which was really surprising to me. But, you know, I am, I am able to uh, enjoy experiences now, um, and, and what I mean by that is like my, my wife's family takes a vacation every summer. So that's the, the vacation I was talking to you about earlier, the one when I went to Florida. They go somewhere as a family every summer. And I used to think of that as an opportunity to like eat at restaurants. And I, I, it was all about food for me. And it definitely wasn't about activity. And, you know, now when I go on vacation, I'm looking for like what experience can I do in the place that I go? You know, I actually went, when we went to California this past summer, I was in your neck of the woods and we actually went hiking while we were there. Um, I'm trying to remember where we went, but we went hiking up to a, to a mountain near in the San Diego area. Um, when I was in Hawaii the last time, uh, I, I, this is really interesting because I went to Hawaii uh, and then I, I got to go to Hawaii again. Yes, I know it's hard, hard, hard life for me. But uh, went to Hawaii in 2019 and went again in 2022. And the difference was just absolutely unreal. Um, I didn't hardly do much of anything the first time that I went. The second time that I went, I hiked, you know, the Grand Canyon of the Pacific, Waimea Canyon, which was like a four-mile hike up and down. I, I kayaked on a river and hiked into a waterfall. Um, the experience was just completely different because I was able to be out in nature, be able to be active, which is what I want to be able to do. And that has probably been the biggest thing in my life is that I can just go and do things and that I want to go and do things. I, I think I had almost convinced myself for a while 
that I didn't want to do those things, or that I didn't that I didn't miss those things. And it was it was the story that I told myself because I couldn't do those things anymore. I love being outdoors. I don't like sleeping on the ground. I don't like camping, but I love hiking, you know. And I, I love I love hunting. I, I love to be out in nature. And and that had gotten to a point where I couldn't. Um, that would be another one of my uh, you know moments where I realized I had to do something. Was the first time I had to ask my wife to tie my hunting boots because I couldn't bend over and do it. I uh, you know had had to wake her up at four thirty in the morning or five in the morning because that's when you go hunting. Um, and to be like, hey, honey, I can't put my boots on. Can you come out here and tie my boots and then you can go back to sleep? Um, that was a, a big thing for me. And, and that's not a thing anymore. And, and, you know, my son's gotten to the age where he goes hunting with me. And to be able to be out and do that with him is um, just huge for me. Yeah. Which is incredible to hear, man. Like, because I understand what it's like, like, you, you, what you said resonated really deeply for me, that whole idea that we convince ourselves of things like that, all those things that af- we can do when we do get healthy were things we just didn't want to do anymore. Things we didn't care about, you know, because I think if you don't convince yourself of that, you're going to sit there and get, you know, the depression is going to be worse because it's going to be consistent, <laughs> excuse me, your inability to do these things that make you feel connected to the world. So instead, it really is about, well, I didn't really want to go there or that trip didn't sound good or I didn't need to fly there or I didn't need to go to that place. Like, we're very good at doing that, I think. Like, we're, as human beings, like our brain, you know, and this isn't just for people that deal with weight issues, like people that deal with any issue, our brains are so incredibly flexible. We allow ourselves to get through so much different trauma. And in a lot of ways, like I think, and this is again, another one of those things that could make some people upset at me, but I think being significantly overweight is a process of trauma in a lot of ways. Like it is putting you through an experience that is difficult to deal with, but we accept it. You know, we, we, there are times that we sit in that place and it's because of how flexible our brains can be and what we can convince ourselves of. So when you get out of that place is when all those doors open back up again and you get to see the possibilities that your life had that you had written off. Definitely. So Scott, we've been talking for a while and I want to keep you going all day, but (coughs) excuse me. One thing I did want to kind of touch on a little bit is, you know, knowing that you've been following this, this lifestyle now for a little, you know, a little over two years. When you, if, if you had to describe your relationship with food beforehand to your relationship with food now, you know, what would you have to say about that? Um, you know, as I mentioned to you before, I, I definitely am a food addict and I still struggle with that. I still struggle with the emotional part of eating. But I um, one of the things that I realized as I started down the, the keto lifestyle for me was how much of a not just a food addict, but a carb addict I was and that I just don't have a shut off switch when it comes to um, eating certain foods. And um, how freeing it has been for me to now be in a place where what I eat is no longer um, where I can't stop because that's really what it was. I I couldn't stop eating. Um, And I've noticed a few times during the last two years 
um, where I have gone off track for a, for a few days or something that like, I'm like, wow, that really like screams at me. Um, because I'm like, wow, I, I, I started eating this, you know, Chinese food or I started eating this pizza or whatever. And I just can't stop. And that, that was a kind of a scary feeling helps get me back on track pretty quick because I'm like, wow, this is, uh, this is something that I got away from this obsessive eating definitely when you're not hungry anymore, which is what would happen. I would basically eat myself into a food coma. Um, but to have that no longer have that feeling has been so interesting. Um, and, and again, I still love food. That, that's one of the things that, you know, some people say, well, food, food is just fuel. And don't get me wrong. Food is totally fuel. That, that, that's totally valid. But um, I still love food. I, I still love trying new keto recipes and trying to find fun recipes and recipes that taste good. Um, but it's no longer, it's no longer just about the food. I, I guess that would be what, where's my relationship changed with food to actually directly answer your question is it's no longer just about the food anymore. Um, you know, we're coming around here into the fall and coming into the holidays and are, are there special foods that we have during the holidays? Absolutely. But is it all about that anymore for me? Not at all. And, and that's really where the change has, has come in my life is that my life is no longer about going from one food experience to the next food experience. Mm. Love to hear that, man. Scott, in everything that we've talked about today, is there anything about your journey or what the, anything that you face that you wish we had, had talked about that we haven't gotten into yet? <sighs> no, I think we've covered most of it. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of a thing. Oh, you yeah, will. We are. I am going to bring Scott over onto the after show. So if anything does come up, man, we'll be able to talk about that. You know, it's always, all right. You know, the, we'll, we'll we'll share that for the Patreons. But I end every ep. Well, actually, first let's do this. You know, I again, everyone out there listening, I told you it's been a while since I've actually recorded. Let me let my brain get back into order. Scott, I have five questions. I end every episode with. We'll get to that in a minute. First, man, what I have really enjoyed this conversation, and I think a lot of people listening probably have. If they want to connect with you and follow along with your journey, where do they find you, man? Um, I have a YouTube channel, um, Platte River Keto, and that's the Platte Rivers, P-L-A-T-T-E. Platte River Keto, that's me. Um, that's on YouTube, Instagram, uh, and I have a Facebook page. And I post a video on YouTube every week, at least once a week. I've started posting shorts every day. Um, but you can find me there. I post on Instagram pretty much every day. So that's kind of where you guys can find me. But, uh, yeah, flat river keto is, is what I landed on because I live in a place where the flat river is and that's, so that was my wonderful genius idea for my, uh, for my YouTube channel. There we go. And I will put links to all of that in the show notes for the episode, everyone. So you'll be able to find him now, Scott, I end every episode with five questions. I call the fat guy five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? I am ready. Okay, so question number one, man. Tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? <sighs> Got to go with John Candy. I mean, how, how, how can you not? He's like the, the funniest, coolest fat guy. I, uh, I mean, a lot of people like, uh, oh gosh, why am I suddenly blanking on fat guy in the little coat? Um, Chris Farley. Chris Farley, yeah, he's great. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you, you can't beat John Candy. No, I'm 100% with you. I have this... I have this raging discussion in the Fat Guy 5 section where 
It is it. The most p common answers I get are Chris Farley or, or John Candy, and I usually tell people I like the the ones that give the John Candy response more than I like the people that say Chris Farley. They're both great, but I have to have my preferences. You know, I have to. I have to have a little. Exactly. I, I, I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to. Question number two, man. Tell us something about yourself that you love. Something that I love. Um, you know, I'm a dad and a husband who strives to be there for my kids mm. and my wife. That's something that I love. I love it, man. That's important. That's great stuff to hear. Question number three. This question is right up your alley, Scott. Tell us, what is the most important new habit you've built on your health journey? Most important habit, I would say, would be changing my mindset from a diet mindset to a lifestyle mindset um, of all the things that I've changed. And I know that's kind of maybe a little bit nebulous, but that's the most important thing was changing the way that I think about it. Uh, think about my life and my health from a diet to a lifestyle. I like it, man. Question number four, Scott. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Wow. Oh, so much of our lives is, uh, so much of my life is dominated by that, uh, mm -hmm. health and fitness. But uh, I would say one goal that I have is I have some tests that, I'm, that I have a goal to pass so that I can um, earn a certification to become what's called an enrolled agent and uh, be able to sign tax returns. So nice. that's a goal that I have before the end of the year. Hey, there you go, man. I like it. And last official question of the main show for you, man. If you could go back and talk to Scott at the beginning of, of this, this leg of your journey, even if it's going back and talking to Scott at that beach house, what is one thing you would tell yourself? Well, uh, I would tell myself that it's worth it, that you can feel better and that it can and will get better. Um, you know, when I, I think when I started, I was in a place where I almost, that I, that I didn't really believe that. And even when I started the, you know, the lifestyle that's really working for me, um, I think like a lot of people, I started it like, this, this is just going to be another one of another diet that I try, but, uh, that I, that you can feel better. And that if you put in the effort that you, that you can get better. Love it, man. I think that's a great response to that final place. I think that's something awesome. So, man, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I do really appreciate you taking the time. You bet. Glad that I could be here with you. And like I said, everyone, Scott is going to join me on the Patreon after show. So if you are not signed up for that Patreon, what are you doing with yourselves? Get signed up. There are We're pushing almost 40 bonus episodes over there now. So come on, catch the discussion as it continues. And then, my friends, remember, connect with Scott. His socials will be in the show notes of the episode. You can also always find me at Gourmigos Keto on Instagram, Gourmigos Keto on Twitter or X or whatever it's calling itself these days. Uh, you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com and all that good stuff. And then remember, go out there today, do something to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here next time on the Fat Guy Forum. Mm -hmm.